Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Hello and welcome to Extended Cut. This is the Summer of Freedom edition. We do these every now and again for the online community and for podcasts. And I've got Adam, Laura, Joe, Jane and Stuart. And if you don't know me, my name is Andy. And we've been doing the Summer of Freedom series. We're halfway through. So Joe's just done hair talk. Um, and you're probably watching this after Laura, no, after Stuart has done his talk. Um, so um, we're getting towards the end of the series. But it's just kind of to go a little bit deeper, to unpack some of the stuff that we maybe didn't have time to go into in the talks um, and give a little heads up to what's coming up in the rest of the series as well. And so, Stuart, um, why do you think like freedom is such an important topic to be looking at? I think we have to be realistic and realise that actually we're all broken individuals, aren't we, that God is repairing as we journey mm. on with him. Mm. We came to him broken. We're not yet complete in all that God's promise that will be. And I suppose we recognise even in some of the themes we've been doing recently, you know, Joe this week talking about our thought life and Jane the week before on forgiveness and, and we talk about being wounded. And I think there are issues in our hearts and lives that are yet to be resolved in our walk with God. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to be real about that. However long for me, a long time walking with the Lord for others, a short time. So I just think that living in this world, which is a broken world, we come across these things day in, day out, how we engage with the world, how it affects us, that makes us realise we need Christ every day, we need the presence of the Spirit every day, and we just need that ongoing work, as you were talking, Laura, about the Holy Spirit earlier in the series, that ongoing work of the Spirit to keep renewing us, keep working in our hearts and lives. Mm. And I think it was important off the back of lockdown, wasn't it? Like, thinking about, you know, the, the you know the, the media and the press were calling freedom day mm-hmm. um i can't remember what date it was now i mean june the 21st was the one that was etched mm-hmm. in all of our minds um, but then it was it was pushed back but that whole sense of of being released from from restrictions and, and you know people excited about a new summer of freedom was there any other thoughts on, on why freedom's an important subject to be looking at for us I think, you know, like a, a lot of people in today's society are feeling trapped, aren't they? With a number of pressures in their lives, financial pressures, um, job pressures, all those sorts of things, even family pressures. So we can feel trapped or in a, some sort of prison, can't we? So it's important to remind ourselves how we truly can be free through Jesus and through Christ, through the Holy Spirit and how he releases us in our spheres and what that actually truly looks like for us to live that out. It's an important reminder for us, like Stuart said, as seasoned Christians, but also as new Christians. And actually, life is hard. (laughs) There's Mm -hmm. a truth behind that. Life is very hard at the moment, but it doesn't stop us from having freedom where we're at at this moment in time. Mm. Yeah. And I think think people can get confused about what freedom actually means. I know when when we talked about doing the Summer of Freedom and um, using the song... um, by Ultranate, like I love that song. It was, you know, it was a song for me growing up that I used, to, I used to just listen to loads and still love. And like that sense of you're free to do what you want to do. And there's like when we were putting it together, there were some questions of, a, is that the message that we really want to convey? And I think sometimes people get confused when it comes to freedom. Jane, why why do you think people do get confused around what freedom actually is and what it means? Um, I think. 
we have this concept that freedom is all about I can do what I want, when I want, with who I want, where I want. Mm-hmm. And in the broadest sense of the term, that that is true. I think then we find that actually those choices that we make mm-hmm. actually lead us into more restriction than we thought we were in in the first place. And so I think when we come in and we're looking under it through a, um, a godly perspective and a godly lens, we actually then go on a journey with this whole whole concept of actually what is true freedom. You know, I think once we've got the basics covered in our lives, we're all living for something. Mm-hmm. We may not like to admit that, but we are, and, and we're driven and, and we find a purpose in something. And I think for me as a Christian, it's that journey of actually um, that purpose needs to be found in, in Christ. Um, because that's when true freedom comes. And I think that's why um, there's a reason why we've done the series the way that we've done it. So we were on a journey yeah. and freedom is a journey. Um, and hopefully these are building blocks that by the, by the time we get to the end of the series, none of us will have got there. We will we'll never have maintained true freedom in that sense because mm-hmm. we're human. But hopefully the building blocks will be there that for people to actually able to utilize the brain that God has given them and actually work out what freedom actually means in their sick circumstance because you know tomorrow is going to look different from today yeah absolutely absolutely any other thoughts on on freedom before we we, we dig in a little bit further I think I've seen something um of you know freedom in, of choice doesn't mean freedom of consequence mm. and I think sometimes people often do go well, I, I'm free, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of, you know, mm. choice, freedom to do whatever I want to do. But actually, that that leads to consequence. And I think, like like you were saying there, it's it's you know, you, you can have freedom by putting parameters in in your life mm. and putting rest, like self imposed restrictions to go. Mm. I'm not I'm not going to do these things, and because I'm not doing these things, you actually mm. you're more free. I, I think sometimes people um, are critical of the Christian faith seeming that as if we've got fences all around us mm-hmm. and as jane says those that that isn't the case but there have to be appropriate limitations it's almost like i see it like the garden of eden where god says to you know adam and eve you can go and enjoy the whole garden however mm-hmm. it's just a tree that's not good for you mm-hmm. uh, and actually i see it my christian life a little bit more like lines on a football pitch yeah. it's best lived within these parameters because mm. outside of that just doesn't really work but there's still a massive sense of freedom and i actually think that ultimate freedom is something that humans can't ever really gain mm. because uh, you know as as joe was saying that we can we're all slaves almost to a series of thoughts mm. whether we admit it or not it's still real and true mm. um and so i think that the the notion that freedom, complete freedom exists. I'm not sure yeah. that's true outside of understanding what God's mm. promised us. Yeah. And I think on the back of us, that's really good what you said, Stuart, because, you know, we always think freedom is our ability to say yes to everything. But actually, I have freedom to say no. Mm. Mm. And that's equally as important. Mm. And, and, and as a Christian, I'm able to go actually, no, I'm choosing not to make that choice and not to do that because it's not healthy for me. Mm. You know, mm. and, and I think if we look at um the world today there is such a pressure on people to say yes to everything and be accepting of everything that actually that isn't freedom either yeah yeah and i think there's a the it, the the definition between freedom to and freedom from has been a big one in in this series for me and i think often what we lack is the the boundaries that we put up but often what we don't realize are the things that are 
chained around our feet. And so we've almost mm, got it the wrong way around, if that makes sense. And I think, as Adam said a minute ago, there's lots of things that we're really aware that we feel trapped by. I think it's like, oh, what's the window? What's that window called? Jahari. Thank you. The Jahari window where there's there's certain things that are our blind. Like there's some stuff that I say, oh yeah, I'm trapped by that. I'm trapped by that. But actually the more dangerous ones are the things that we're not aware of. And I think mm. part of the, the importance of speaking things out in a series like this is that you, someone suddenly goes, I recognize that pattern in my life. I didn't even realize that mm. was a chain. And yeah. so I think some of this is mm. the opportunity, as Joe said, think about what you think about, be yeah. aware mm. and be mm. self-aware as to what the things are that are mm. holding you back. Mm. Cause you see, you see, oh, dogs, I love dogs, but you, you <laughs> see like videos of dogs that have lived in shelters or lived with chains around their neck and mm. then the chains are taken off, but they still live in that radius mm. of a chain and a stick. And I think sometimes we don't realize that there is freedom beyond or that we've been trapped by stuff. Uh, and we're actually permitted to wander much further than we think, but it's not wise to always wander as far as we think we could, we mm. should. Yeah, I just think like the notion of internal freedom is so important. I think we can step into, make choices externally and the world would say it's all out there. But unless you know that inner inner freedom with emotions, with from wounds, from hurts, from where you're thinking, you don't really ever feel free whatever choices you make externally, do you? Mm. So I'm so glad. And I think we've done a, it's been so good to look at the building blocks, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. And like once we've moved on from the inner freedom, we're looking at how that outworks in the world. Mm. But the way you think, the way you feel, the hurt and the stuff that's from the past, it, it can, as, as Laura's just said, be the chain that keeps you in that very small kind of mm. sphere. So, mm. you know, there's a, there's a real wisdom in looking at the freedom that only Christ really brings us you know when we bring our inner worlds to him yeah it's good and i think like so often when you when you stand on a stage and preach people think you've got it all together <laughs> and that's just so not the case and no. i think what i love is is hearing where have you been personally challenged when you've been writing mm. the talk i don't think i've ever written a talk where i haven't gone oh Mm -hmm. that bit's for me it's true. <laughs> it's true and so i'd love to hear maybe from you joe kick us off and then others can jump in what were some of the things that challenged you personally yeah i think um i would say the first couple of months of this year were really tough for me mentally um i think there were you know we were waiting and waiting weren't we and there was these promises of openness and freedom and and you know waiting for Hagley, you know the location to come back um, I, I think mentally that there was a dip for me there and I kind of reflected I had to stop and think you know Joe you've got to get a grip I had to get a grip of what I was thinking of mm. um, and I was reading the Craig Grishel book and I knew that my mind through exhaustion and different things had gone into you know I was allowing those repeated ways of thinking to really dominate so I just thought, you know, I've got some choices here to make. Do I want to go down that trajectory or do I want to make some changes? And it's it's those declarations of truth. Um, and it's so easy to have it as a one-off. Oh, yeah, you know, I've just thought that I need. To, but to actually work with it on a daily basis mm -hmm. and to really change the way that you're thinking takes a huge amount of effort. Um, and it that it was transformatory for me. That's why I was so passionate about what I was speaking uh, on Sunday, because I knew that I'd worked with some thoughts I knew weren't great. It wasn't where God was leading me. Um, and then to look at the truth of the scriptures and bring those into mind, it really wasn't a one-off 
thing and it wasn't easy but I knew that that process then brought me into uh, an intimacy with the Lord and and you know more mental freedom than I've experienced for a long time mm. so I think That's... the hard work of it the declarations and then the fruit of that was mm. something that I'd experienced personally yeah it's good anyone else where were you personally challenged I I, I actually found um, Joe's illustration of the train going around and around so helpful on on Sunday because I find those cyclical thought patterns. I'd like to think that the longer I've walked with the Lord, the circle gets bigger. So I mm-hmm. kind of returning to the same point. It takes longer, yeah. you know, instead of just a little bit like that. And maybe that's the success and what freedom is. It's just the circle keeps getting bigger. So sometimes you are going to hit across mm-hmm. a thought pattern, but actually it's not so regular that that mm-hmm. happens. And and for me, that was such a that was such a powerful image. Um, that really that it's that that sense of controlling those thought patterns and how often how regular they they are because I, I, I Joe's absolutely right from my perspective dealing with the internal is critical everybody wants to f- live differently but that scripture that Joe showed us as as a man thinks so is he I just think it's such a powerful thing and um, and the connection point for me really as I said to Joe on Sunday afterwards is. What, perhaps what I'll talk about on Sunday, when you the carriages that follow are the emotion, uh, one's emotions, mm-hmm. the power is in the thoughts, but the thoughts carry our emotions around with us, and that that's been something I've struggled with through large patterns of my life, dealing with those thought patterns, but trying to make the circle ever bigger, so I'm not revisiting them as regular. I think that's something that we've been really strong on in this series, actually, is. The analogies, the pictures, the imagery that we've used, so the stones and the rocks that you talked about, Jane, uh, the bin, the bin really sticks out to me that you used, Andy. I think that's been really helpful to me. Um, those sorts of imagery, this this series for me has been a very practical series mm-hmm. and therefore it's a very applicable series for us. And each and every talk that we've had has fed into the next one, but it feeds into our life. And, you know, we have talked about it like building blocks. We are building people's characters, aren't we? So then we can be released and free into the world to do the things that God calls us to do and who he calls us to be as well. And so those analogies have, for me, have been vitally important because sometimes people don't remember what you say, but they remember what you do. And so we remember the train track, we remember the rocks, we remember the bin and you being attached to that sort of stuff. Those sorts of things are crucial, I think, for when we do explain talks and help people understand this stuff. Mm. Were there any bits that like you'd have liked to have put in that you didn't quite get time to talk about much, Jane? You moved there, so I'm going to yeah. go to you. <laughs> I, I think a couple of things really for me. One was about actually the difference between a moment of something and the practice of something. Um, because in all the topics that we're talking about, there's a moment when you have a moment of realisation, you do some business with God or you have some prayer for it. And I think it was great that we can actually pray for people mm-hmm. now yeah. because in a topic like this, it's like, oh, that's your first step, you know, mm-hmm. acknowledging it and stepping forward and say, actually, I, I realise I've got mm-hmm. um, some challenge with this is really important. But then there's a practice of that. So you could have a moment of forgiveness, but there's a practice of forgiveness. And and I think what I didn't want people to walk away is actually, you know, well, I've done it once. It will never come again because it will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also being able to use, um, I'd love to have dug into um, Joseph a little bit mm-hmm. with when yeah, he had his brothers yeah. back in. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what would that have been like, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way that he practiced then, he'd had years mm-hmm. to work on his forgiveness, but wow. then he practiced it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because he'd done those steps, actually there was some reconciliation which is, isn't always possible it was for them and I think mm. 
I think actually we can get those things really, really confused. Mm. Yeah. Mm. For me, I would have loved to have dug more into what it meant to be not just uh, a child of God or an heir of God, but a joint heir with Christ, because that's always been an astonishing thing. Kind of think, okay, I can maybe just wrap my head around being a child of God. I'm really struggling that somehow I'm an heir, but then to be a joint heir with Christ. And I remember preaching on a similar theme years ago, again, so passionate, so excited. I stepped to the front of the platform and said, I am the son of God. <laughs> I am a son of God. And I, was, I was reminded constantly of that. But actually what happened for me was, and it just is, and I don't have the realisation enough, but to see the eternal context of who we are mm. is just something. It's You really have to push yourself beyond the limits of your own mind mm. to understand what God has done for us in Christ mm. to make us who we are heirs of God, but joint heirs with Christ. How can mm. we ever be, you know, seated with him in heavenly places, mm. Ephesians 2. Mm. It's it's just a mind-blowing thing um, that I would love people to get hold of because the further you can get towards understanding, mm. not divinity in us, but the likeness, the imagio deo in us, of God has revealed himself in us through Christ. It just takes you way beyond a sense of, of just normal identity and a humour, but I have something that's even divine about me that can't be understood yeah it's good laura i'm sure you must have had oh stuff because you're always like trying to cram everything i did in. you know i was trying to cram in fruits of the spirit gifts of the spirit who is the holy spirit <laughs> and then what i'd have loved to have put in um i think is around expectation of not only god and what god is doing around you and joining in with what the holy spirit's doing but also expectation of what god can do through you mm. because i think often I think when I have most missed what God is doing, it's because I haven't been expecting him to do anything. Um, and I think particularly when I realize that this isn't on me, this is just about sensing what God's doing and joining in with that. And I am ashamed as to how often I'm like, oh my goodness, God's doing something here. That's mm. amazing. So even we were yeah. at, um, at a wedding uh, last week and um, we were some friends of ours who aren't Christians and one of them, had little to drink, but at the end of the evening, asked if I would pray with them. And I, this is my, I've, we've hung out with them for a year and a half on Zoom. Uh, this was my our first like face-to-face interaction. And I was like, of course God was doing something here. Why well, wasn't I expecting this to happen? And I think particularly when it comes to freedom in the Holy Spirit and, and the freedom that we have to join in with what God's doing. And I, the, the nicest image, and some of this is personality driven, but the nicest image I've ever had is the idea that God creates this world as a playground for us mm. and we get to play with God um, and create with God in the world around us. And we just find what his spirit's doing, join in with that and have fun. Um, and this was meant to be fun. And I think so, I'd have loved to have picked up on some of the joy of that and the joy mm. of what it means yeah. to do stuff and join mm. in with what God's doing. Mm, it's really, mm. really good. So kind of this series has been split into, into three mini series. So we kind of did the foundations of freedom. Then we've been looking at the inworkings of freedom. And then we're leaving the outworkings of freedom to the last three Sundays. Ad, for you, why is it why is it so important that we spend six of the nine Sundays talking about what's going on on the inside? Yeah, well, we've covered a lot of this, haven't we? But I think all of us have a calling upon our life from God. All of us have a calling to serve him. But in order for that calling to come to fruition, our character must match that calling. Mm. And it's our character that needs to be worked on constantly. And, you know, like 
Uh, we've touched on the Joseph thing. I'm actually going to be speaking a bit about Joseph. You know, Joseph, we look at the end product. He was the prime minister of Egypt, wasn't he? And we were like, that's amazing. Like, he's got all this power, authority. But then when we go through his life, 13 years of what he had to go through and remain faithful, his character was constantly being worked on in order for God to release mm. him to the sphere that he had influence upon eventually. And, you know, for me, that's something that I've had to work on constantly. People always have spoken that about in, into my life. Like there is a calling upon you, but your character must always match your mm. calling. And, and it's, it's about our, what we do in the private sets us up for the public constantly. Mm. And whatever you do in the private will end up coming out in public. So mm. if you're um, watching certain movies, the language that will be watched, you'll be taken in there. You'll end up spouting out somewhere else mm. in the public how you treat your wife, how you treat your kids, they'll all come out eventually in the public. And, you know, um, so what we do in our private, it truly sets us up for our public life. And that's why it's really important that we spend more time on the foundations mm. than we do on the, the decoration and the look of the house. Mm. Yeah, it's good. And I think a lot of the time, the the prisons that we end, in, end up in, are very few times it's a physical prison, but actually it's, it's the internal, it's the, it's the mindsets, it's the it's the emotional stuff, it's the character stuff, it's the you know circumstantial stuff, it's the forgiveness stuff. Mm. I think, mm. I, for me, forgiveness is one of the biggest prisons that yeah. the people end end up in, or unforgiveness and mm. bitterness and wrapped up in that. Um, that's really really good. I think, like as we go into the, the kind of last bit of the series, then um, what are what are some of the key things, key markers? Is anyone who wants to jump in of of how do we know what what outworking should we be looking for to know that we're walking in freedom? What are some of the the fruits of walking in freedom? I think relationships. Yeah. Um, I think that most of our life, internal life, as Adam says, lived out first in the relationships. Mm. We say in our marriages and our with our with our friends, with our siblings, etc. And I. I think that that's the place we can have the greatest impact as followers of Christ. That's mm -hmm. where mission begins in relationship. And so the more we grasp some of these things and forgiveness will definitely affect our relationships. Mm -hmm. How we think about people yeah. in our world will affect it. You know, the spirit working in the fruits of the spirit through us. So for me, relationships is always the most significant outworking of any work of God in our lives. Mm -hmm. I think uh, if you are in that place of developing freedom, you are more open to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. You are less kind of tied up in your internal world so that you are more able to hear God, be sensitive to the nudges of the Holy Spirit. So then you can act, partner with him really in whatever he is you know doing in in your kind of spheres so i think when you're free you're kind of released from the the hurt the bitterness the wounding the mental stuff that brings you down it's like there's a centeredness there's a peace with jesus there's a kind of you know god's got this he's got me there's a peace and a centeredness that then kind of takes your perspective off off yourself into the world on into the relationships around you. So I think there's a freedom almost from yourself because yeah. you know you've worked through some stuff. There's a there's a centeredness, there's a peace of Jesus that's, that enables you to be free mm -hmm. to then, you know, to love and to move with compassion and to show mercy mm -hmm. outwardly, mm -hmm. I would say it's, that. 
Um, I, I think for me, I think what Stuart's going to speak about on Sunday, I think is really vitally important about our emotional connection with stuff. So practically for me, it's always about, because um, I don't think you can like forgive and forget. I don't think you, you know, for me, the only person I know who forgets really well is God, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm so glad that he does that. But it's, you know, it's like, can I think about that thing and not have that emotional connection that I had with it? Can I see that person that not be the first thing that comes into my mind about them? Yeah. Can I visit a certain place and not feel that overwhelming sense of, yeah. of grief or loss or whatever is connected with that experience? And I think, you know, and then on the flip side of that is, is can I recognize when I'm going towards something that is totally unhealthy for me mm. and yeah. and be c- so connected to God. So you're saying make the train track bigger. Mm. I think as well, sometimes the distance between me recognizing something and then asking God for help or asking somebody God for help through someone else yeah. is mm. really, it's, it's a sign of strength and not weakness. Yeah. I think I was going to pick up on that a little bit. It's like the relationships are key in the sense of like practical things we can do. It's find someone to journey with if you aren't already doing that. Like somebody who will speak into your life, who sees you for who you are and sees when you're maybe going back into those prisons that we create for ourselves, those mental prisons, those emotional prisons, <laughs> the, the unforgiveness, all those sorts of things. Because when, when we can't see it, often other people can see it for us. And it's important to find people that we trust to speak that into our lives. So connect groups, when we talk about connect groups, it's not just to be a bit of fluff like, oh, we like to do this because we're a church. It is a genuine life experience about mm. journeying with people, about trusting people, about going on this next level, about growing with one another and, and finding mentors, people who've gone before you and, and asking them, look, you, you have experienced this. Let me suck some of your wisdom we need to learn to be sponges in these moments, don't we? And allow ourselves to keep learning and then to push that learning out in the way that we live. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. I think like now we're, you know, into August, it's the eighth month of the year, which is terrifying, <laughs> isn't it? And like go, going into September, I think a lot of people are nervous about COVID restrictions returning. And, you know, I talked about the very first Sunday about, you know, that the handcuffs are released, but we go back to it and we and we and we carry the junk. And I think just Adam opened it up for us a little bit there. And where I want to land the whole series is is how do we continue our journey of freedom? How do we stay free from the things that we've been set free from over the yeah. summer? Um, and how do we how do we continue to be set free? I mean, anyone want to help me write my talk by just throwing <laughs> in some ideas? How do, how do you stay free beyond the summer? On, yeah, Laura. so something I've I've been really enjoying thinking through at the moment is around that, like how do you not go back? So you know, it's this idea of mm-hmm. Galatians five one, um, you're free. You know, stay free, be it set free, freedom, stay free. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, one of the things that I've been my favorite books of the Bible by any stretch is Genesis and Exodus. I love them. And I think as you look through those books of the Bible, the, the amazing thing that you see is it's it's how God establishes relationship with humanity. This is going somewhere, I promise. Um, and you see God want this missional relationship with a people group. And what's fascinating for me in these books of the Bible is that every time, so God has a land for them, but every time something gets tough, there's a place that they go to. So every time there's a famine, 
God's people go to Egypt and you see it again and again and again throughout Genesis and Exodus in different forms and different stories. And of course, the uh, most popular of those and most probably well-known is the one around Joseph. And and and, rather, and Egypt's got this mad Nile, so there's loads of fruit and water. And when there's a time of famine and stuff gets tough, this place is comfortable. And so I think there's an awareness of where do you go, first of all, when, you, when things get tough, mm. where do you go? Mm. But then um, God eventually they became slaves to the place that felt comfortable and then God sets them free through Moses to be in the desert but there's this thing around it's really easy for God to set the Israelites free from Egypt but much more difficult for the Israelites to be free of Egypt Mm -hmm. and so although they were free what they kept going back to was the customs that they'd learned in Mm -hmm. Egypt the thought patterns they'd learned Mm -hmm. um and so I think what what God had to do was to give them laws and give them boundaries as we've already talked about that you operate in in order to stay free um and I think for us, some of this is about going, okay, I am free and recognizing that you're free, mm. recognizing that you're not a slave, but equally being really open and honest with the fact that sometimes we'll be tempted to go back to Egypt. Like, yeah. it's not that this is dealt with. Yeah. This is an ongoing issue, like you say. Um, and I think recognizing as you go forward, so much of this isn't about saying no to the, d- the tough stuff that, that captures us, but actually saying yes to what Jesus is calling us forward into. And it's not about walking away from this, but walking towards that mm. with the acceptance that sometimes I'm going to slip up, but I'm still mm. free and it's okay. So I think it, it's recognizing mm. some of that stuff and it's the narrative that you speak over yourself in that as well. That's good. So I'm pleased we're recording that because that might be the opening five minutes of my thought. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's really important though, because often we can be of a mindset, can't we? I've, I've messed up there so therefore it's all it's all useless you know like so you know I've gone through these weeks of this freedom series and I've got that bit wrong so the rest of it becomes irrelevant yeah. when actually that's a lie that's an absolute so lie true. and it's such an internal lie yeah. and so I'd really want to encourage people and encourage myself to actually do you know what we will slip up and do you know what before God that's okay Mm. keep going get up again yeah. you know yeah. I, I think that's the difference between religion and a relationship and i think sometimes mm. we even as modern day spirit-filled charismatic pentecostals we we just all we've done is replaced our rituals and our mm. systems and our processes for what's been historic and i think we have to learn what it is to be free of religious mm. fences around us and for somebody who's been in the Pentecost church all my life I realize I carry some of those things mm. and it's once more so even just this morning I was up quite early I felt quite tired strange but and feeling do I have to do a b c no I'm free to just sit and sit with the Lord mm. and and Psalm 46 you know be still and know that I am God came to me and it was just freedom to actually be me before God and not mm. tick all these other boxes. Mm. And, and I think if we could have had another six weeks, I'd have loved to have done something about being free from religious regulations mm. and boundaries and that picture of the, the Gentile Jewish thing in the New Testament and requiring Gentiles to do Jewish mm. things. Actually, it's, you know, let's just know it is to be free and walk with Christ in, in who we are. And I think that that's that's the way forward, mm. isn't it? It's all about how we relate to Christ mm. and, and, and being comfortable with that. Mm. it's really good it's really good it's been it's been a quality series and excited to see what god does through the rest of it i think you know if you're watching on facebook or listening on uh, on podcast um please do track with us for the rest of the series and you know stick with us through into september and see what god does as we go into a, a new season but adam laura joe jane Stuart, thank you so much and thanks for listening if you've liked it why don't you share it and recommend it to a friend and to listen take care